Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. A note about witches. They're real. Witches aren't really women at all. They're demons in human shape. I play the Grand High Witch. Here we are. This room will do. She looks like a fine, upstanding citizen. You don't, don't really have any reason to doubt her, but that has nothing to do with who she is on the inside. She's kind of a diva, and she absolutely hates children, and her mission on this planet is to transform all the children in the world into mice, so that way their parents will be afraid of them and eventually destroy them. Anne Hathaway is no stranger to critics. After nearly two decades in the entertainment business, she's been a regular target for criticism and internet trolls, but her latest film The Witches, an adaptation of Roald Dahl's 1984 novel of the same name, has copped criticism from an unlikely group, disability advocates. While her performance in the film has been praised by a number of outlets, it's her portrayal of limb difference that's landed the star and the movie in hot water. In this episode of News Fix, we speak with Alex Barone, an actor in Hollywood born with six fingers, Ashley Egan, a filmmaker with a physical disability, and Dr. Adrienne Epps, a rehabilitation specialist who works with children with limb differences. Welcome to News Fix. I'm Damien Huffington for 7news.com.au. Before we get into the Hollywood side of the story, how common are limb differences and what causes them? Dr Adrian Epps is a senior staff specialist with the Limb Clinic at Sydney's Children's Hospital, working regularly with children with limb differences and their families. Adrian, how common is limb difference among children? So around about 2 to 7 per 10,000 live births. Uh, have babies affected by limb difference and congenital limb deficiencies. If you're just looking at hand difference, like what we call hand anomalies, that's about one in 500. So it's certainly more common to see babies with a hand difference, but if the child is missing fingers, toes or part of a limb uh, it's more likely to be around two to seven per ten thousand, and that's you know babies who are born alive. What are the most common causes of those differences, or is it hard to figure out sometimes? So there's a multitude of different causes. Um, often we don't actually have an explanation for why it's happened, but in certain situations, yes. There are causes, so it can be like an inherited or a genetic condition. Um, so one of the parents may already know that they have uh, a limb difference and that is passed on to uh, their children. The parents may not be aware that they carry a particular kind of chromosomal anomaly or something that can be passed on. 
but all all of the newborn babies that have a limb difference should have a full genetic assessment just to make sure um, that we know whether that's one of the factors contributing or not. Um, there are other things, so um, thalidomide and what we call teratogens or, you know, the developing fetus, the developing baby in utero can be exposed to medications, you know, drugs, other things that um, interferes with limb development. Um, so thalidomide is, is one that we're very familiar with, but also some anti-epileptic medications like phenytoin or valproate, warfarin. Um, also, um, pregnant women who are exposed to very high temperatures, what we call hyperthermia, like a very hot sauna or they get really sick and have very high temperatures, that can affect limb development as well. Um, uh, pregnant women who have diabetes have a much higher incidence of having babies with congenital um, malformations or limb difference. Um, and then other things like interruption to the blood supply to the developing fetus can interrupt the development of the limbs as well. So there are a multitude of, of factors that contribute to um, a child being born with a congenital limb deficiency or a congenital limb difference. You're working with children and their families, I'm assuming, on, on a daily basis. Uh, what are some of their biggest struggles? So I guess when it's actually identified that the, the, the fetus or the, the, um, the developing um, baby in utero has a limb difference, that's a really big shock for the parents um, and these days a lot of the time it's actually picked up on the antenatal ultrasound so the um, the pregnant uh, woman and uh, the parents uh, are often aware that they're going to have a baby with a limb difference um, but if they if it's not picked up on the ultrasound and the first time they're aware of it is after birth it's, it's a similar um, experience for them, you know, being shocked um, and they will go through the usual sort of grief process um, and adjustment um, to to the difference. Um, it, it can be a very difficult time for parents and everybody has their own response to these kind of situations. It's not exactly the same for everybody. And I guess for the, the kids as well, the rehabilitation uh, is obviously physical, but is there sort of a mental aspect to uh, making sure they're dealing with, you know, the challenges and also potential bullying and that sort of thing? Yeah, um, that's one of the big aspects actually of uh, living with a limb difference and certainly that's something that we try and help the children and families with as the children grow. So obviously um, in the first few years of growing up, children aren't necessarily all that aware of their difference. But once they get to that kind of preschool and school age, they're very much aware of the difference um, compared with some of their peers. And um, it can cause significant um, adjustment and emotional issues for the child. 
uh, the parents are obviously the most important um, kind of support for children as they're growing up because children will often model the behaviours of their parents or model the responses that a parent might have to a question or um, something like that. But um, so, yes, it, it is very much um, an important issue for children and families. And we would, um, you know, we address that when we see the children in clinic and we have a social worker who's an integral you know, part of our clinic and our professional team to um, be available to help children and parents and family members through these kind of experiences and situations. Just finally, obviously, again, you're working with children and their families on a regular basis. If they're seeing the portrayal of their difference or their disability often as a negative or in a negative light, such as in this movie, what sort of impact does that have on them? Look, I think it's quite an individual thing. So some people will just let it go and it won't worry them. But I think that for a lot of people, it's very concerning that a limb difference is portrayed as, um, you know, something scary, for example. Um, and I think, you know, in the situation of, you know, public portrayal of this sort of thing, it's really important to talk to people who have a limb difference to get their perspective on how this is portrayed because all of us are different in some way or another from each other um, and uh, there are plenty of people in our community with limb difference and there are plenty of people that have different colours hair and other things that make them look a bit different so um, you know it's important to try and take away that negative kind of stigma around limb difference I mean really there's there's nothing scary about limb difference in, you know, if you can put it into that kind of perspective and look at the person as the person um, rather than whether they've got three or five fingers, for example. It's all still flesh and bone and skin, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right, Dr. Adriana Epps, thank you so much for your perspective. Really appreciate it. Oh, no problem at all. Alex Barone is an actor and writer working in Hollywood, and he has a limb difference. Alex, tell us about your condition. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I was born with a condition called fibular hemimilia. Uh, basically, what that means, it's a rare condition, and what that means is I was born without the fibular bone in my right leg, which is sort of that backbone in your leg where the calf muscle is. I was born without that, which ultimately made my right leg a lot shorter than my left leg. Um, and then additional to that, I have three fingers on both hands. Um, I compare it to a Ninja Turtle is the best way to describe it, <laughs> to give you a nice visual. Yeah, well, <laughs> just on that, your hands would then look very similar to Anne Hathaway's in this film. So how does that make you feel after you saw this? Uh, well, it's, you know, I didn't think too, twice about it too much because they do this a lot in, in movies, but after... A lot of people were speaking their mind on it, especially in the limb loss community. It did kind of make me double think about everything and how I should react as a role model to this community, especially 
I, I, you know, I think it's, it's crazy that at this time in 2020, with all the diversity that's happening, which is awesome, uh, the disability community in, in film and TV and in general are kind of still underrepresented. Um, and and it it does suck to to see the movie, or I didn't see the movie, but to to hear about the movie and and understand that it's continually being depicted in this kind of having limb loss is a gross and kind of scary thing. And a lot of people were like, "Well, what's all the fuss? You know, why do you care? It's just a movie." Um, I think it's because you know it does have a major effect on kids that are watching film and TV, and if if limb loss and limb difference is being portrayed in film and TV in this gross kind of eerie manner then it that does kind of rub off and create a ripple effect because you know those kids could be at school you know and another kid calls them a witch because they saw the movie it's it's pretty traumatic um and it's also just like you know why don't we ever see uh you know in film and tv why don't we ever see a sexy amputee <laughs> or like a like a, a princess or a superhero that have a limb difference. It's always these eerie kind of grotesque characters. Um, so that's how I felt about it uh, as a as a person with limb loss, as an actor, which I also am. I, uh, I should probably bring up, and I'm sure Ashley will touch on this as well, but um, I'm sure it's the same there in Australia, but of all the characters on television, in film and television, only three to 5% of them have a disability. And then of that three to five percent, ninety-five percent of those characters are portrayed by able-bodied actors. So people with disabilities, you know, like myself, often get overlooked and are the most underrepresented group in Hollywood. And then yet they're continually depicted in this in the same way in film and TV. So I just think things need to change and that, you know, kids specifically need someone like them who were born a little different or who are different. Uh that they can look up to, you know? I feel like they need a role model that's not how we've been portraying in film and TV so far. I'm sorry, that was a long-winded answer. <laughs> no, it was actually perfect because I was going to mention that you are obviously an actor and you, you've had some bit parts in the past, but how difficult is it for you to get gigs having a physical difference or a disability? I, do you sort of have to hide it or do you just have to find gigs that can embrace it? Like, how does that work for you? It's been a bit of both. I've been told to hide it. I've been told to embrace it. I think representation, my representation has gotten a lot better. At first, I was going out a lot for only dis disabled roles and, and roles that would showcase my hands or being an amputee. But now it's, you know, I'm going out for able body. I'm going out for everything. So I do think that's growing and that's a good thing. But it's just when, when uh, film and TV are casting for for dis disability in general, it's so specific that it's like they'll have all disabilities come in, but then they'll tell you that you're you don't have the right disability. So it's kind of like <laughs> wow. bittersweet. If if they're looking for an amputee, for instance, for that witch movie, but they didn't know what kind of amputee they'd have in every amputee, and there's only so many in, in the entertainment industry that are actually amputees. So they'll all go in and then they'll pick one that's not related and be like, well, you guys weren't right for this because you weren't the right amputee. <laughs> wow. And I guess for something like a, a leg where you can wear pants, you can sort of hide that sort of thing. But if you've got like a missing arm or like you with, you know, only three fingers on each hand, how can you hide that? Yeah, you can't. I mean, you can, I mean, you could, you could, you could create prosthetics and I have done that in the past for, for movies and stuff. 
and TV, create prosthetics that look like, you know, I have normal per se hands, but you know, it's, I think it's, it is becoming better. And I think more people are speaking up to the point where you, you shouldn't have to hide it and it's okay not to hide it. And it's just a normal thing. Like characters in TV sh and should be written in as normal characters without even having to explain their disability, because that's the world we live in. And no matter what country you're in, people have disabilities on the streets. Your doctor has a disability, you know, your dentist, pe people just have it. People are in wheelchairs, you know, you don't, you don't, it's a mode of transportation. It's, it doesn't define their character, being an amputee or being in a wheelchair, if that makes sense. And even Barbies have wheelchairs and prosthetic legs now. So it's becoming more mainstream. Yeah, absolutely. It is. Now, uh, Anne Hathaway, uh, she obviously portrayed the witch in the movie with the limb difference, and she's the one copping all the flack for it. She's since issued an apology. Uh, do you think it went far enough? I think it's great. And in the beginning, I um, I was telling people, at least on my post, that I don't think it's Anne Hathaway's fault at all. And how could she know? I mean, she was just unaware. You know, she didn't even really know about the community or that kids actually had that limb difference. or She just didn't know the impact it was making in general. So I, I thought her apology was awesome for doing. And I think it was really bold and, and um, courageous of her to put out there for sure. Uh, I think Warner Brothers also made an apology. And, and I think, yeah, I mean, to answer your question, I think it's a really good start. I, I just hope they carry it out with casting in the future and like, you know, writing in general and writing these parts and, you know, making characters more relatable to, to kids with differences, you know. Now, looking uh, through your bio, you seem to have uh, a bit of a production company with another friend who, who's an amputee. Uh, do you look at projects that embrace those differences? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but the first people we call is our, our groups of uh, people that we know with disabilities. And that's not just in front of the camera, but behind the camera too. A lot of talented people. And we bring those guys on first. There's also a, a organization called Easter Seals. I don't know if you saw them, but they they hold a yearly um, disability film festival where uh, people in front and behind the camera all uh, ha have to have a disability to participate, and then they have basically a weekend to create a short film. So it's a very awesome time. Now, you've mentioned a lot uh, while I've been chatting to you and, and when I've been looking you up as well about working with kids with limb difference. And I guess this is probably what it all comes back to again is, you know, children who are born uh, with a limb difference or who may acquire one uh, through their life. You work with a camp called Camp No Limits. How important is it for these kids to have people like you and other people like them to look up to? That's a really good question. And it's it's super important Damien because when I was a kid uh, I had nobody to look up to there was nobody like me that I knew of that I could look up to as a role model and to kind of guide the way and and pave the way you know but now there's so many the, the camp I work for Camp No Limits is a camp for kids with limb loss and limb uh, differences and all the mentors and counselors there like myself and staff we all have limb differences ourselves so we're creating a space where they can kind of see us as adults while they're kids and, and kind of create that place to look up to. But I think it's, it's extremely important. And that's why I think there's so many people speaking up about what's happening with TV and film that people want change and it's a growing thing. And it's, you know, like you said, it's just more awareness is happening and it's everywhere, you know, so it's kind of in your face. So whether 
kids want to embrace it or not, it, it, it's happening. And I think it's a good change for them right now. When you're working with those children and uh, the photos look like you have a lot of fun with them and they get to do a lot of yeah. things and experience lots of things as well. What's the most important piece of advice that you pass on? I think the most important thing I pass on personally is just, and it took me 31 years to get to this point. I wasn't always like confident in myself, obviously, and with my unique limb loss and limb differences and everything. So took me to this point to realize this, but I always tell them the same thing. And that's to embrace your difference and to stand out because we weren't born to blend in with everybody else. We were born to stand out. And obviously, you you know, if kids take that, sometimes they take it in, embrace it. Sometimes it takes them a lot of trial and error, you know, and, and dealing with society to, to understand that and to have that confidence in themselves. But I, I've, I try to really hype up you know, embracing their, their beauty inside and out. Yeah. Well, I, I, I get, this comes from more curiosity uh, place for me. Like when you're growing up and you look down and there's three fingers on each hand and you look around and everyone else has got five and yeah. like, what is, what is that like for you? What is your thought process when, when you look at that and go, why am I so different and what can I do about it? I think it came in stages. You know, you, you, you do think that exact same thing. It's funny you say, like, I have had those exact same feelings, obviously, and, and emotions run through my mind looking around in school and everything. And, you know, I would actually try to hide my hands in my pockets so much as a kid to the point where my mom sewed up my pocket. Wow. <laughs> so that I, I couldn't do it anymore. Um, not to hurt me, but to, to help yeah. me and just embrace it. Um, but I, I think it came in stages of, of like anger at first. Why am I different? Why, why me? Why do I have to be the one? Why do I have to go through all these surgeries? Uh, blah, blah, blah to, to, you know, to slowly gaining confidence to, Oh, wow. I got a really good group of friends now, um, that have my back no matter what. And that don't give a shit. Oh, can I say shit? Sorry. Of course you can. It's Australia. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Yeah. Um, they don't care about my hands and that have my back. And then, you know, and then I started dating and I was like, oh, wow, I'm really feeling confident now. Girls like it. Girls find it attractive. Um, it hasn't held me back. It didn't hold me back in sports. Uh, there's nothing I can't do with my hands. In fact, my fingers are stronger because I have less and I've used them just as much as other people. So I, I feel like just a, a combination of, of everything my whole life has led it to where I, I feel as comfortable and confident now about it. but. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's hard to answer that question about what I felt exactly because it just constantly changed throughout my childhood from insecure to secure, if that makes sense. Well, I guess let's flash forward now. When you're yeah. out and about now with your, that confidence that you've acquired, do you find people sort of stare and double take and how does that make you feel? Yes. Uh, now I, I love it. It's funny because usually when I give somebody a handshake, they don't notice my hands until I give them a handshake and then I can see it in their eyes thinking, oh, this, this feels a little off. And then as soon as we release our grip and we're back to conversing, they'll do like a double take down to my hands and verify what, what was that all about? And, then back <laughs> and usually I'll like wave my hand and be like, yeah, I know I was born like this. Or, you know, depending on if they keep staring, I like when they ask, because if they ask, I'm like, oh, yeah, man, I was born like this. Ninja Turtle is so cool, right? 
And if they don't ask and if they just keep staring, I'll be like, yeah, crazy shark attack, man. I was fighting this tiger shark and punched it in the face and then it bit off two of my fingers in both hands. <laughs> I've, so I'll, I'll have fun with people, but for the most part, people, you know, people are awesome in general and, and not a lot of people. I think if you're a kid, it, it was way worse. You know, kids, when they don't know what it is, of course, they're going to stare and, and ask questions and talk. But as an adult, you know, we've seen everything now. So it's like, you'd have to be pretty cruel to, to pick on another adult at this point. And I guess social media is now helping with that too. And things like this hashtag not a witch campaign shows that there are a lot of people out there with all sorts of differences and all those different things kind of unify you as a community, but then also unify everyone with, you know, what you can do. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well said. Well, uh, Alex Barone, it's been such a pleasure to chat to you. Uh, I hope those film offers continue to roll in because we'd love to see more of you on our screens and uh, hopefully we'll chat to you again soon. Thank you, Damien. This has been a blast. Thanks for having me in. Appreciate it. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. My name is Ashley Egan. Um, I am a writer-director. I have worked in Hollywood for about 10 years, a lot of assisting other directors and producers. Uh, I was also born with a rare bone disease, so I have a disability. Um, it's called Olier's and Mufushi syndrome, um, and it, fec- it, it affects kind of the growth of, of my bones and, and the way things are shaped. In the, in the very quick way to describe what the bone disease does. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, let's get started because I came across you through this hashtag not a witch movement on mm-hmm. social media, obviously. It all started with the witches and Anne Hathaway. What message do you think this character in this movie is sending people and people with a limb difference? Yeah. You know, I think the issue right now is there's such a lack of representation for people with disabilities in TV and film in general, just like there's been a huge lack in history of the, of characters who have disabilities. And especially, you know, if we look at the legacy of, of characters who are a villain, oftentimes they have some type of disfigurement or disability or a big scar across their face or, you know, a limp. Um, it's, it's, really kind of eye-opening once you actually start looking into all the characters and you're like, wow, this is very common, even from something like, you know, the Lion King where Scar literally has a scar across his face. Um, and so, you know, I think, I think what's happening is so many underrepresented communities are feeling empowered and emboldened, I think, because of social media and they have a community and everyone can connect and, you know, we're starting to realize that if you don't say anything, these stereotypes are just going to keep getting perpetuated. And, um, you know, speaking up as a community, when you, ha- you have other people either in the industry or outside of the industry, parents all speaking up going, this is not helping what we're trying to do with advocacy to kind of portray 
a positive, um, you know, like a positive figure or, or positive even images of someone with disabilities, you know, and for me, I mean, it's, you know, it's been a long journey of, I was born with my bone disease and for almost 30 years, I was very, very self-conscious and wouldn't post on any social media at all. I would, I would either crop out, you know, my, my body in a way that you couldn't really tell that I had a disability. And within the past, you know, three or four years, I really opened up and, and have been realizing that if I don't, you know, show myself living this life that I'm living with this body and, and I'm continually hiding it, then the next generation isn't going to think that they can do things that for me growing up, I didn't have any representation of someone with a disability dating or someone with a disability being a mom or, you know, all these things that now social media has opened the door where we can see ourselves represented. But film and television has such a big cultural um, influence on, on what we think. And especially in a kid's film, when it's shown and it's something that comes off as scary, and that might be the first time that a kid has ever seen a limb difference or seen, you know, it looks very realistic and, and some of my friends who have ectrodactyly, it's it's very similar to, you know, their um, their hands. So, if it's a scary, evil character, if then the first time that they see someone, a kid would essentially relate that to a scary and evil person. So, you know, we we all kind of linked arms via the internet and um, decided that you know there there has to be a time where you speak up and and. And say something about it because otherwise people don't know. And I mean, even, you know, what's been going out recently with the news of all this, some people still don't understand, you know, it's a little, it feels a little still people think we're being sensitive or, you know, that we're making too big of a deal about something. We're not going to be able to make movies anymore. And it's like, just look at the legacy of how disabilities have been represented. And once we even the scale of positive representation, or at least a character who has like an arc, has a journey, goes from a positive, you know, has, it doesn't always have to be like super positive and great, but just kind of humanize the disability before you just tack it on a villain to make them scarier because it's, you know, there's so many other ways to make villains scary and evil. And I think, um, you know, this was, this was just not, the most thought out choice, you know, and there's a lot of, I've worked in the industry for 10 years and there's a lot of people involved when these choices get made. So I think us speaking out, if anything, it's just the next movie that someone goes, let's, let's make the hands look scary. They will, you know, find this when they do their research, they'll find this type of stuff on the internet and, be, and you know, think twice before replicating someone's disability. Now, Anne Hathaway has got, gone to social media. She's apologised, says she didn't realise mm -hmm. the impact it would have. Um, she's very much getting behind the Lucky Finn project as a result of that as yeah. well. Was that apology enough? Yeah, you know, I think from an actor's perspective, I think it is. I mean, it, it really will say something going forward if she is kind of an ally to the community and maybe works with filmmakers who have disabilities or you know, I think her posting was amazing because she has such a big outreach that it really started to make people aware of real humans living with, you know, these limb differences and how it's not something scary. It's just part of how a person's body was shaped. Um, I think the real responsibility comes down to studios and networks and executives and everything done, you know, on the ground floor as you're building a film. I think that's where we really need to see 
you know, changes and, and, and a organization that I work with and, and have, um, actually went through their summer labs program, respectability, they will consult on a lot of projects. If like, there's not a disabled person creatively involved, they will come in and kind of advise about things. And I was even a writer on a Netflix animated series earlier. Um, actually right now it's still going, but, um, I was in a writer's room, uh, earlier this year and they came in and even though they had me hired as like a person with a disability writing on the show, they were also consulting. So it's almost, you kind of have this double layer of, you know, people who can tell you this is probably going to, you know, cause, you know, an issue in the disability community. And if anyone would have showed a picture of the hands as the, you know, the makeup artist or props person, whoever was designing this showed it, we would have been like, this is an issue because you know, she, a lot of those photos, even she looks very human just with no hair. And then these hands, it's not like she was, you know, a completely fictional character, you know, and she, she smiles at some point and her sharp teeth come out, but it just is, um, you know, I think, I think the actors put a lot of, you know, trust in their collaborators and their creatives. And I think, you know, as I write and direct and I've worked with actors where, they're really trusting that you've done your due diligence and you've done your research and everybody has your back. Um, I don't think it should all fall on Anne Hathaway. You know, I think it should be, you know, Warner brothers, HBO max, all these other places that really have the capacity to hire places that can consult, you know, and, and the good thing is HBO max, you know, they just hired someone who is, you know, working directly with respectability to make sure that these types of things won't happen. And they can just think about it more thoroughly. You know, it's, it's not always going to be perfect and we can't all want like amazing representation of ourselves in every facet of television and film, but it can at least be consulted in a way where they can change some minor things to really avoid, you know, pain. And, and, and a lot of this is about kids, you know, there's a girl in our community who, the parents said that she had to stay home from school because kids were calling her a witch, like after this movie came out. And it's like their real life kind of effects that happen. And, you know, me growing up as someone who has different hands and, and would always hide them. I mean, our goal and like all the people who are advocating for more disability representation, just hope that there's a culture where it's not as scary and unseen and people don't have to hide themselves. And and it can be, you know, more accepted in a way where a kid's not going to, run away screaming or crying because they just see someone's hands that look different. You know, they're a little more accepting. And I think that starts with what characters are representing these people. And and most importantly, hiring people who actually have the disability to play the role. That's like a really big issue in Hollywood is, you know, not actually hiring disabled people to play these, these roles, which, you know, it's, it's a, it's a witch. So it's a, it, it does get a little complicated, but um, yeah, you know, in general, I just think, I think it has to be the whole creative collaborative team who's really going to have your back on these types of things. And I mean, I think Anne Hathaway handled it a great way. She apologized and then put these amplified, these voices of people in the community, which is really important. So. Now looking more broadly at the entertainment industry, uh, looking through sort of your background as well, mm-hmm. uh, you have a short film out called Single. Mm-hmm. Both of the leads in that film have a limb difference. Mm-hmm. How has that been received? It's actually been received really great. Um, it involves, you know, it, it, it's pl- been playing at 
film festivals virtually. It's gone to over 30 festivals and won about, I think it's like five awards now and uh, wow. special recognition, recognition at South by Southwest. Um, and, you know, it's, it's really interesting because so many people just like non-disabled people will watch the film and go, wow, I've never seen something like that because it's two people with, with disabilities dating and talking about how they feel about being called disabled. And, you know, our, the main character is she's sassy, you know, and, and, and he, the, the lead guy is, has really taken a different approach to his disability. So I kind of have these two differing personalities. And I mean, the main thing about the short is the girl is mad because it's a blind date that they got set up on. And she's mad that someone saw that they both had a limb difference and thought they'd be great. And she didn't realize going on this date that he had a limb difference. So she kind of has this very um, visceral, intense reaction. And he's like, it's not that big of a deal. And, you know, she really has this internalized ableism and these feelings kind of rejecting her own identity. She doesn't want to deal with it, which is why she's having issues with someone else who has this disability. And also when two people have a disability, doesn't mean their personalities are going to be, you know, great together. So she was a little, a little upset about that. And it's just been really interesting to share those ideas with people because when I, you know, this short went through the AFI directing workshop for women and I had to share the log line over and over before we went into production. And the log line is, you know, a girl born with one arm meets a guy or she gets set up on a blind date with a guy who has one hand and she's pissed about it. And everyone will be like, why? I don't understand why she's pissed. And you're kind of like, <laughs> okay, this is why we need to make this film to really unpack. Like just because two people have the same like body parts does not mean that they're going to have a romantic match together, you know? And it's really about society and culture, putting disabled people in a box and saying, you're all the same. It's this part of society that people don't want to touch and feel uncomfortable kind of like, I mean, now it's getting way better and there's a lot more representation out there. It's just like really opening up. And then with this film coming out, it kind of felt like a step backwards, you know? And I think that's why we all have this, this reaction of like, no, we have to stop doing this in kids content. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's been really fun and, and exciting to have a film you know, out there that is circulating with actors who have disabilities and, and seeing how the public is receiving it is really, really interesting. Now, you're someone in the thick of the entertainment industry. You're a filmmaker. Mm -hmm. Do you see, you know, mainstream Hollywood studios down the track putting in a character in, in, and perhaps even in the lead with a disability or a, or a limb difference? Yes, there are several things in the works that are not announced yet, but I'm actually, I'm shooting something in, I think, 20 days. The lead is actually Australian wow. and he has a limb difference. Wow. So, and a big, you know, a big studio came on and is, it's, it's part of a bigger program. And it's, um, it's really interesting because I, you know, I got signed by an agency in March and I've been doing the rounds of doing all these production company meetings and meeting a ton of people and talking about what I want to do. And the thing about disability is like the stories are so fresh because it's a perspective we haven't heard a lot. And I think everyone thinks they know what it's like to be around disability and know the narrative, but it's so different than what people think. And so it's, it's interesting, the response from these 
production companies and studios that are like, wait, this is really interesting. And, you know, it's, it's been, it's, it's, it's only going to get better, you know? And I think as long as we're speaking out against things, so people do their research and consult with people who have disabilities or organizations to avoid what happened with the witches. But yeah, I mean, I, my big goal is like, I want to help discover these people (laughs) that have disabilities who can be the lead and they will get cast like in, you know, maybe five or 10 years, however long, you know, if they're a kid to be like the lead in a Marvel movie. I mean, that's the really big like hope is that someone can take on those roles that are really big mainstream Hollywood roles that, you know, really change representation matters. And it's, you know, I feel like me seeing other kids online who have my disability or even just like kids in general who have disabilities really changed how I feel about advocating and being just like trying to be a positive figure who's putting stuff out there that, you know, they can watch when they're a kid or when they're a teenager or when they're an adult. You know, I, the, the, the short that went out single is very much for like people dating, uh, in their twenties. There's a lot of F bombs, you know, it's not like the cute, (laughs) sweet disability representation that people think it's very, um, adult content, which I want to make, you know, both things. So it's, it's, um, yeah, I hope, you know, the big hope and dream is that people with disabilities are just kind of seen as every other person, you know, they have a specific roadmap to life. And and we've seen it with all these other underrepresented communities. You know, it's happened with the black community, the Asian community. I mean, I, I used to work with John Chu, who directed Crazy Rich Asians, and I was a part of that whole trajectory. And that really opened my eyes to like, you know, people were sending John these letters saying, I've never seen myself represented on screen. And like, this is amazing. And it really made me look at my own community and be like, how are people with disabilities represented on screen? And then realizing that a lot of the time it's negative or it's a villain or it's scary or they're very one dimensional characters, you know? So that's where I'm trying to change that and be like, disabled people are just like everyone else. They just have different bodies. I mean, sometimes it's different minds. You know, I'm really focused on like physical disabilities just because that's my experience and I I've lived it so I can really speak authentically to it but you know overall in general it's I mean the thing about disability is it doesn't discriminate against communities background you know it's 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 something that ultimately we're all going to face it in some capacity because we all get old and we all pass away and no one likes <laughs> to think about that you know it's kind of this thing we put off in the back of our mind but um, you know, it's, it's, it's gonna, you know, touch people in some way. So it's, you know, it's, I don't know, it's just really interesting when you kind of think about it that And way. I guess to that end too, some people become disabled along the mm-hmm. way. Yeah. I mean, that's a, yeah, that's a huge part of it too, is like, it can hit people at any time. You know, you can walk out your front door and become disabled. And, and, you know, so much of the narrative that we see is that, these people become disabled and their life is over and they're devastated and they want to commit suicide. And, you know, it's like, I've met so many people now who have become disabled and yeah, it is a different journey than being born with something, but it's, it's not like a death sentence. Like our, our culture and media will treat it sometimes. And then like some other character who's able body will open their eyes and show them this new side of life or, you know, it's very, it's a very kind of like a cliche that's done now where, you know, I, there's a really interesting story from, there's this book, there's this bookstore in LA called, um, the last, or what is it called? It's like the last bookstore or 
something like that. But I heard this podcast where one of the, like the owner ended up getting paralyzed and he used to be like this mountain climber and was like, just this, this is before he owned the bookshop, but he ended up getting paralyzed or he's, you know, had to use a wheelchair. And he said that him being in a wheelchair opened his mind to that he actually liked to read. He was always like this active guy. And then he opened this bookstore and it's like opened this whole new side of his life that he never would have found if he was always just on the go and camping and rock climbing and doing all this, you know, outdoor stuff. So it's, it's just interesting, you know, and there's different perspectives and, and um, there's just like a plethora of things to kind of dive into story-wise. And when it's just like slapped on, you know, as something in, in which is, it just feels like we deserve more of a story or a character or something, you know, it's like, it'd be great if that scale of a movie did have someone, you know, who had ectrodactyly and it was, you know, made more humanized in a way or something. So it's just, when it's that big of a movie for kids, it really does have an impact. I guess to wrap up with, uh, what is your advice to anyone struggling with their difference, whether it be a physical one, whether it be sort of a mental difference, uh, they may be being bullied or just ashamed of it for whatever reason. What's your advice and how did you overcome that? Yeah, you know, I, it's funny because I, it was a really slow journey for me to get over it and start being more vulnerable. But I, I did a soul pancake video, which if you Google, um, uh, that moment, social media changed my life. I did this video and it was kind of something that fell into my lap. I didn't think it was going to be, um, I thought it was for behind the camera work. And then I found out that it was for in front of the camera <laughs> to tell a story. <laughs> I know I was like, Oh, and I knew the person directing it. And I was like, Oh, I don't, I don't really want to be in front of the camera. And he's like, no, no, no. I think it'd be great. You tell a story about a moment in your life where something significant happened. And I knew exactly like in that moment, I, I had been trying to be more open about kind of showing my body on social media. And I was just like doing it in such baby steps that I knew I had to do something bigger and kind of just like come out there and, and just like talk about all these insecurities. And so I used this platform to tell my story about, you know, coming across kids who have my bone disease. And, you know, I was living this like really cool, amazing life, like in, in Singapore and Malaysia, shooting crazy rich Asians with them. Like it was the most like amazing experience, but on my social media, I was hiding my body. So it's like, if someone with my bone disease was like, Oh, this girl is older and she, she's an adult and has a job is living your life. I want to see what that's like for someone like me, but then they go to my social media and they don't see their body represented. And that really just made me upset and realize that I have to, you know, be a, a positive representation that I never had growing up. And so I, I share this story on this soul pancake video. I end up taking off my jacket and it's just kind of like <laughs> big moment but it ended up like going viral and it has like over 50 million views now on Facebook. And that really was kind of like my moment of, you know, the response I got from it and not saying you need a big moment, but the support and it will even happen in your small community of people. If you just be vulnerable and open up because so many other people want to, you know, hear others be vulnerable. I mean, authenticity and vulnerability is like the connection for humans, you know, it's how you connect to people and really feel part of something. And ever since I did that, I mean, my whole life has opened up. I, and now I'm like 
directing, you know, just, just from a personal level, but a career level, I can really speak about things with a, you know, sense of confidence and purpose and really kind of walk the talk. You know, I'm, I'm advocating for disability representation, but I'm also like showing myself on my platforms to be like, you know, even if this makes me insecure, I feel, you know, I don't know if I want to post something like this. I do it anyways. And it's always ends up being a positive thing. So it's like, it's almost, you know, my advice was like that scary feeling or that feeling of don't do it. It's too much of a risk or you're too scared or it's too vulnerable. Just do it anyways. Because that's, I mean, as I was driving to that soul pancake video, it was like, I should turn around. I don't want to go, you know, everything in my body was like, don't do it. But then, you know, I just pushed past that fear and it's been, you know, the best decision I've made. And, and so many, so many things have come from it, you know, and, and, and it does show me that everyone around the world, whether it's, you know, a physical thing on your body or, you know, something mental or something you're just trying to overcome or hide, it's like everyone has something, you know, and it's like that vulnerability of showing our humanity and showing each other like parts of ourselves, you know, in a very deep way is, is powerful. And so, yeah, I just say, I say run towards that fear. All right. A great message and look, some great work that you've been doing and we look forward. I think the best is yet to come, obviously. Ashley Eakin, thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks so much. Since recording these interviews, Warner Brothers has agreed to work with Limb Difference Advocacy Group, The Lucky Finn Project, to ensure future portrayals of amputation and limb difference are more accurate and positive. There's more information on our guests and limb difference resources on our website at 7news.com.au forward slash newsfix. Be sure to subscribe so you can be alerted to our next episode. Until next time, I'm Damien Huffman and this has been your Newsfix. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 